1: The state of California has put up a huge barrier for pork producers called Proposition 12. While this is a state law, it will impact pork production nationally, and we will start seeing those impacts very soon. I talked to Brenda Botell about the issue. She's an extension specialist, and she chairs egg economics at UW-River Falls. She shares more.
0: Yes, uh, California Proposition 12 went into effect on January 1st of 2022. It was voted in um, by the California residents. I'm at a a majority of 63%. So it's, but it's a law though that's going to impact pork producers nationally. The biggest thing from a pork producer, or from a hog producer, is the idea that. They have to change the way in which breeding hogs are stalled. So under Proposition 12, they are required to have 24 square foot for every breeding hog, which is significantly greater than what is the industry standard right now. Um, and the, the issue comes is that you cannot sell any pork Any uncooked pork in the state of California if it doesn't meet the requirements set forth by Proposition 12. Since California consumes about 13% of the pork produced in the United States, it's a very large market that pork producers um, and hog producers would significantly lose out on. And because of that, it's going to have changes from a national perspective. As hog producers begin to Uh, modify practices in order to be able to meet the Proposition 12 requirements, that's going to increase their costs, which will eventually mean that pork prices in the United States, as that happens, are going to go up.
1: Yeah, and I'll probably start in
0: California because producers there already have to make changes, right? Well, producers nationally, if you want to be able to sell it anywhere in California, no matter where you are um, producing that, that is the case So from there. So um, that that's one of the issues is that a California law is, re- is enforcing producers in North Carolina to change their uh, requirements and their growing practices, and um, I recognize that there's a lot of there. Recognize that there's a lot of lawsuits right now um, being put forth against Proposition 12. However, it is still in effect right at this point. What does the cost look like
1: to have to revamp a facility in order to make sure that you're meeting those those
0: requirements of breeding hogs being in the 24 square foot of space? So it's, it's um, a cost, as, as you can imagine, just from a spacing issue. If you don't have a larger space, then you're going to be able to have less animals. But there's other costs in, included in it as well that you might not think about. Um, in The way in which a lot of uh, breeding hogs are done is in a gestation crate. Um, and some of that is because sometimes you end up with a very aggressive sow, um, and so th- there is potential if you add this additional space and you have, have other sows in there that you might get a lot of fighting. So, so there's a cost potential cost in that way as well.
1: Okay, interesting. And yeah, you you said you know right now all cold packaged products can be sold if it's
0: been processed before December thirty first. So any 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 pork. Um, Uh, That was in cold storage currently if it was processed before then um, Can still be sold in the state of California even if it didn't meet the proposition 12 requirements Uh, once that cold storage pork is gone though uh, Then they're going to all the pork that will be having to be sold in California that is uncooked has to meet proposition 12 And I say that uncooked because um, that's technically the the requirement. Obviously, it's going to have an impact on restaurants because they're going to have to buy the uncooked pork before they can cook it for the consumer in the restaurant, too.
1: Yeah, it's food service, schools, restaurants. It's not just what you see at the
0: grocery store. So it sounds like prices are just going to climb. Well... Prices for, yes, for pork, we should see pork production, actually, because we have a smaller herd coming into 22. We should see those pork prices go um, up anyway, just because of a smaller supply of those, even without the Proposition 12. Then if we start seeing these impacts from Proposition 12 um, and how that changes the herd, that's going to potentially increase the pork prices even more. Do you
1: find that rising pork prices might drive consumer demand towards other markets, like poultry or beef?
0: There is always availability and changing somewhat between consumers on what types of protein products they they purchase. Beef is the highest priced of those proteins um, and the beef price has actually gone up at higher rates than either pork or poultry, the increases there. Um, But pork is the second highest protein and then you have the poultry prices. In 2022, uh, we're gonna have shorter supplies of beef and pork, as I said, and we're gonna have actually increasing supplies of poultry. So what that means is that in 2022, we're gonna see beef prices staying high, uh, pork prices are staying high, poultry prices are gonna go down. We're already getting some pushback and seeing some um, uh, retailers pushing back on the really high prices for beef. And then they kind of substitute to one of those other proteins. There isn't gonna be enough pork available to be able to really feature pork in a lot of um, ads. So I see that in 2022, we're going to see basically more of that substitution coming in the form of consumers eating more pro- more poultry.
1: Taking all of this into consideration, what's happening in the industry, what's happening in consumers' minds, what is the outlook uh, for pork in 2022?
0: So um, your hog producers in 2022, because of some of the issues with the higher feeds um, and with prices, their, their margins are gonna be a little bit tighter in 2022, um, if you're a hog producer than a, they were in 21. If you're a beef producer, um, your cat, if you're finishing animals there, your margins should be a little bit better in 21 because you're gonna end up with a higher finished animal price um, and your feed costs are gonna be down a little bit. And then if you are a cow-calf producer, your margins should be a little bit higher again in 22, simply because we're starting to get shorter on the availability of feeder animals outside feed yards.
1: We're still seeing the effects from when packing plants had a shutdown in 2020, and when they
0: they're still seeing labor strains as well. I mean, how does that play a role in this complex? So even though when the packing industry shut down in 2020, it took until July of 21 for the beef industry um, and those finished animals animals to really be able to catch up to that, Um, we've kind of worked through that. But what we still see are some short-term snafus in the industry when we have large amounts of absenteeism. Now that absenteeism in the packing industry could be because of COVID, maybe holidays, things like that. But we are starting to see that that has a greater impact than on those finished animal prices. And that's not going to go away simply because of labor shortages that we're seeing in the packing industry.
1: Both our state and national governments are realizing this is an issue. They're investing money in our processing plants to expand or acquire labor but we're not looking for a short-term solution because these are long-term problems if you expand your packing plant you don't have people
0: to work there you're in trouble exactly um and and yes there's there's the attempt um we're trying to grow that capacity there and but as you said we have to be able to uh have the employees there as well and that's another issue of what is it long-term how are we going to address that is that anything you're working on at Division of Extension? Um, you know, I think it's an educational point for students to be able to understand that there are opportunities um, in in the packing industry um, or in the small locker plants. Um, where do they go? What What are those opportunities that they can do? It's kind of a creative field, you know, where you can create products, but there's also a large business. It's got small margins, so there's some some concerns on that way. So, I understand why students and young individuals may not, uh, may have some hesitancy on getting into it. I think that's an educational point to let them know and understand the opportunities that are there.
1: Again, that's Brenda Botel along with us, the chair of the Ag Economics Department at UW River Falls. She's also the Extension Commodity Marketing Specialist. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.